For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Hunter Upton. I'm one of the pastors here at Givewell Church South Haven. Glad that you have joined us for worship, that you've carved out time to be with us, especially if you're our guest today. I hope that each of you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope it was filled with family and food, right? We have lots to be thankful for, don't we? Uh, grateful for a holiday weekend as always. Uh, today we are continuing, uh, we're going to wrap up our sermon series that we've been on this month called Knowing God. Uh, what we've been doing all month is going through a different psalm each week to look at four primary attributes of who God is. And one of the most awesome things uh, for us as uh, God's church and God's people and in this world that we live in is uh, that God wants to know you and God wants to be known by you, that we get to have that kind of relationship with him. Uh, one of the cool things is, is that he reveals himself to us uh, through his word. And so what we've been doing all month is to walk through scripture uh, to see four primary attributes of who God is. Uh, and then how do we relate to God because of, of who he is? And so the first week of this series, uh, we had Nate Russell, who's our campus pastor at Getwell uh, Hernando. Uh, he was here and he preached a, a great message from Psalm 1, uh, talking about how God is truth. Uh, the second week, uh, Jonathan Wallace, our lead pastor, uh, preached on a very powerful message on God as shepherd from Psalm 23. And then last week, Greg Meek, our pastor to families and next gen, uh, preached a great message on the glory of God uh, from uh, Psalm 84. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, I uh, would love for you to go back and listen to those this week. You can find those on our website, uh, but would love for you to be blessed by those. Uh, today, uh, John, uh, uh, Jason uh, talked about that today. Our message is on how God is love. And so if you've got a Bible or a device you read from, we're going to be in Psalm 139. Uh, Psalm 139, so you can turn with me uh, there. And so if you've uh, spent any amount of time in church uh, at any point in your life, there's probably a really great chance that you've heard at least parts uh, of this psalm if you've never read through it uh, on your own. Uh, but my prayer this morning is that even if it's familiar or not, that we would leave here with a greater understanding of God's love. That we would leave here with a, an encouragement to know him more and to follow him more faithfully. So, <clears throat> Psalm 139, let's start in verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's a beautiful psalm, right? And there may be some words or phrases that you've recognized. And maybe if you haven't, maybe there's some things that startled you (laughs) in this psalm. But there's so much for us to discover here. And I just love when scripture gives us words to pray. And words to understand God in Psalm 139 is no exception to that. So the first thing that we find, uh, you may find there's a little heading uh, in your Bible. It says, for the director of music of David, a psalm. So uh, this psalm is ascribed to King David. Uh, We really have no reason to, to think differently. But what we find after that is what follows is just a beautiful, beautiful display of a communion with God. David was a man who desired to walk with God throughout all of his life. And so what is it that has David reflecting on God's love for him? Well, uh, that's what we find when we get to that fourth uh, stanza, if you will, of uh, the the psalm. You see, something's happening in David's life that has him uh, just really feeling pressed. Uh, he, he's surrounded by those who, who don't like him, who don't like God. Uh, he's being pressed on all sides by this situation. And so David turns to the only person he knows to turn to, God. God. So how can he, under, how can he face this situation that he's going to find himself in? Well, with an understanding of God's love. That's how. And so this psalm begins with uh, what I'm calling kind of David's reflection on the allness of God, all right? And so the first thing that we find in verses uh, one through six is the omniscience of God. What I mean by that is the all-knowingness of God. So let's look again at verses one through six. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before there's a word on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too, for too lofty for me to attain. Now, I think what David is saying here is that God knows David better than David knows himself, right? And this biblical Hebrew word that we find for know uh, is the word yada. It's where we get this phrase, yada, yada, yada. You've probably heard this, like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, you know, you know, right? And so, yada, it can be used to, to mean everything from just I've, I've recognized someone, a simple recognition, all the way to uh, an intimate relationship. And if you want to think about that, it's uh, what the, the Bible speaks of, of a husband and wife knowing each other in marriage. And so there is this deep sense of what this knowing is that we find here in this word yada. What David has discovered is that the Lord knows him, every bit of him, that there is no part that escapes God's knowing of him. And friends, I think about even, even for some of us, those parts that we think he doesn't know, guess what? He knows that part as well because he is omniscient. He is the all-knowing God of creation. And there's beauty in this, right? There's beauty in knowing that we are intimately known by God and that we are ultimately known by God. And while that can be comforting, it can also be frightening, maybe, to uh, some people. But to know God, to know that he's omniscient is very, very important for us. Because when we discover this, what it does is it opens us up to a greater understanding that he knows us and that he knows what's best for us whenever we come to those parts of life that sometimes seem uh, unbearable or no way out, right? There's nothing that's out of his sight. Nothing is out of his sight. Nothing is out of his knowledge in our lives. And that should be really comforting to us, especially if you're facing difficult realities in this life. Now, I love the way that David ends uh, verse 6 here. He shows us this proper ordering of ourselves uh, to God. You see, we are not God. Only God is God. And thank God that he's only God, right? And that we're not, uh, because uh, we can't have the knowledge that he has. I think about Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty, right? Such knowledge is not good for us to, to have. Like, we can't handle it, y'all. We are finite people, created beings that get to be in a relationship with the creator who knows us, who knows us so intimately and so well. Now, for most of us, if we were reflecting on God's goodness, this would probably be the place we'd stop. We'd be like, well, good day's work, right? But David goes further. He goes on, so he talks about the omniscience of God in verses 1 through 6. And in the next uh, section of this psalm, he talks about the omnipresence of God in verses 7 through 12. And he begins by asking this question, where can I go? Where can I go? Let's look at verses 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. Now, there's something about these verses to me that, that is so freeing, right? That no matter where we go, God's presence is there, but also so frightening that, hello, you can't flee from God's presence, right? 
Now think about for David, he's saying there's absolutely nowhere you can go all the way to the top of heaven, to the bottom of Sheol. There's nowhere you can go from this side of the earth to the other that you would be away from God's presence. You cannot flee from him. He is there. But friends, that is such a great truth for us, right? Because here's the thing, it's such human nature that when we sin, when we mess up, what do we do? We hide, right? We flee, we try to get away. I think of Adam and Eve in the garden. What do they do? They hide. I think of Jonah, he received the call from God to go to the Ninevites. What's he do? He flees, he tries to get on the other side of the earth. You cannot outrun God. He is there, always loving, always pursuing always desiring for us to be in a relationship with him. David tells us there's nowhere we can outrun God's presence, that he's there. And that should be so comforting to us because whatever we're met with in this life, even whenever it feels like the darkness is closing in, friends, our God is greater than that darkness. It's not darkness to him. He's God. Even when we feel like we have nowhere else to turn, wherever you are, God is there with you. God is love. He is there. God is with us. He's guiding us and he's holding us fast. In him, there's no darkness. And so we have nothing to fear in this world. So finally, in the third section of the psalm, we find David reflecting on one more allness of God. So he talked about the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God. Now he's going to reflect on the omnipotence of God. And what that means is the all-powerfulness of who God is. And so let's look at verses 13 through 18. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now, if you want to take anything with you today, take and treasure these verses in your heart. This is a a message of God's love for you. The God of the universe, he formed you and he's called and he's created you with a purpose. And friends, how vast are the sum of the thoughts that he has for you. See, our God is all powerful from the womb all the way to the tomb and beyond. He is the God who there's literally not a place or dominion that he is not over. He is all powerful. From before the beginning, well beyond the end of this present life, his hands are all over your life. All over it. He's sovereign over all, which means that he is the ultimate source of power, authority of everything that exists. And so what we find with these three sections is that David's reflection is a powerful one that pointed out to him that this God who knows the mind, this God who knows the heart, this God who knows our very intentions, this God whose presence can be found all the way in the heavens to the four corners of the earth, 
This God who formed you in the womb and yet ordained the days of your life, this God loves you. This God loves you with a tremendous love. And it's not because of anything that David did, right? It's not, David, you did this, and so I loved you now because of what you've done, because you've placed, no. God loved him from the beginning and even before. That's the kind of love that God has for us. It's the kind of great love that God of David is the God of us. He loves with a tremendous love. God knows you. God is present with you. And God is working all things out for his glory and your good. You see, the Lord has a a purpose and a plan for each of us. It's a personal and particular destiny. And his will is that for each of us, it's a a unique and special will and purpose and plan that he has that's envisioned only for you, not for someone else. But his ultimate will is that we would all experience his love and that we'd accept our status as beloved sons and daughters of the God Most High. And what that does is it leads us to be able to enjoy a life an abundant life filled with with his presence and his power that we will live faithfully for him. What I love about this psalm is that if if you've not had a chance, like I said earlier, to listen to the other three sermons, this psalm really brings together this whole series for us to see the beauty of who God is. See, David knew that God loved him that God desired him and that he was pursuing him each and every moment. You see, there's a phrase that I like to introduce to couples who are doing premarital counseling with me. And so I'm going to introduce it to you, whether you're married or not, uh, because it's just a really great phrase. But it's this, it's to know and be known is a powerful thing. To know and be known is a powerful thing. And it's so true. Because if you think about the relationships that you have in your life, those that you never opened yourself up to or they never opened themselves up to you, what happened? Well, you really know more than acquaintances or just a mediocre relationship, right? At best, like it's just, hi, how are you? Uh, Doing good, right? Um, Likewise, if you never open yourself up to another person who may be willing to to have an open uh, relationship with you, what happens is you starve the relationship of of the connection, of the belonging uh, that you might, uh, would have had, Right? Now I want you to think about some of the relationships that you have in your life that are the most meaningful. Why are they the most meaningful? Well, it's because both people have chose to be known and to know the other, right? Friends, one of the most beautiful relationships, what our heart's desire is, is that relationship that we can have with God. And unlike people, God's never going to let us down, all right? He's perfect. And he wants to know you and for you to know him and to experience the powerful life that comes from that. See, whenever we experience that life of knowing and being known, what happens is it changes the way that we see the world. It changes the way that we interact with the world and how we interact with God and how we respond to the challenges that we face in our life. We don't become people who are hopeless. We're people who are filled with hope because we know the God of the universe. Friends, it is a powerful thing to know and be known by the God of the universe. And I think that's why David takes a really sharp turn here 
in the last section of this psalm. There's a lot of really strong emotion, um, which gives us permission, right, when we're in a relationship of knowing and being known with God, to be honest with him and let him fill our heart and, and, and understand this. So let's read again verses 19 through 24. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What has happened here in this last section of the psalm is that David's turned to prayer. David's turned to prayer. He's at the end of his rope for those who have surrounded him. And he doesn't have anyone else to turn to but to God. And so he calls on God to do away with those who are wicked, those who are bloodthirsty, those who speak evil, who misuse God's name, who are in rebellion against God. Now I believe full wholeheartedly that David knew that one day God's justice and righteousness would permeate the earth and everyone and everything in it. That God's kingdom would come and be established and what a glorious day that would be. But I think that David also, just like you and me, goes, God, I'm in a moment of need. I need you to come help me. I need you to bring some relief. These people are awful. They do not love you. God, I know that you are love and I want to experience more of you. Lord, help, help, help. And David acknowledges, but even if you don't help right now, even if not, Lord, you are good. And Lord, would you help me to walk on that way that you have ordained for me, to walk in your love, to be steadfast in you, to listen and obey and walk with you. Now, you may remember from Psalm 1 uh, when Nate preached he set up for us, that psalm sets up for us that there are, there are two paths that we can take. We have a choice. We can take the path that, that uh, is that of evil and leads us to a life of destruction. Or we can choose the path of life, the will of God, the love of God, the path that he wants for us that leads to abundant life now and forever. So which path are, are we on? Which path are you on? I think too often we assume that we're on the right path. Uh, you know, we start checking boxes. We've been to church today. We, we gave money today. We let those people in in traffic today. Check, 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 right? I think that we tend to think that we're walking the right direction. But I think even for David, a man who is after God's own heart, he takes a turn there and he says, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, this is an earnest and sincere prayer that says, I don't want to be like them. Lord, those who don't love you, those who don't know your love, Lord, help me to stay on the path that leads me in the way everlasting. When we open ourselves up to God, to know him and to be known by him, it leads us to the way of everlasting. And isn't that, friends, that's really what our hearts desire, whether we recognize it or not. And I guarantee you, if you continue to pray this prayer, 
Over and over and over, you will begin to desire and long and experience God's love greater than you ever have before. Which leads me to this conclusion. If God is love, then what do we have to fear? If God is love, what do we have to fear? Why do we always run from him? Why do we want to go our own way? Why not rest in God's love and experience life that he has for us now and for eternity? I don't know if you know this. I like statistics. I don't usually keep a lot of them up in my brain, but this past week, the world's population reached 8 billion people. That's eight with nine zeros behind it. Each one of those 8 billion people were created by God and are loved by God. And you are one of those. The God of the universe knows you. The God of the universe, he formed you. He desires to have a relationship with you. And so my plea for all of us today, whether you've read this psalm a hundred times or whether you're hearing it for the first time today, is that we would rest in God. If you've been running, stop. Come and rest in God. If you've never experienced God's love in your heart before, stop. Pray and experience God's love. Rest in him today. If you've been striving for God to love you, stop and receive the love that he's freely giving to you right now. Because you see, God loves you as much today as he ever has and ever will. His love is huge and it covers you from start to finish. Come and rest in his love. And friends, when we feel like God is being distant or, or maybe unloving, it's not God. It's us. He's there. He's waiting. He's willing. And so you need to pray David's prayer. Find yourself. Ask God to search you and know you. And then submit yourself to him. Listen and obey. See, sometimes we just need a reminder that, that God is with us and that he created us and that he loves us so intently that whatever we face in this life, that he goes with us. And I think about my own journey. And sometimes I just dream about what it would look like for me to truly be in an all-abandoned relationship with Jesus to be in a posture day by day that like David just is open to God pointing out to me and leading me in that way. I think about what joy there would be as I, as I come across any circumstance in my life. It'd be rooted beyond those circumstances. I think about uh, the love that I would have. I think about the faith that I would have. I think about the hope that I would have as I reach and, and think and experience this life. And I think about the same for our church. How different would our world be if we truly surrendered to him, the God of love, the God of creation, the God who desires to have a relationship with us, to know him and be known by him now and for eternity. And you see, friends, we can know God because God made a way for us to know him. We were dead in our sin and God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, for us. First John chapter 4 tells us that God is love. 
This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That song that we sang right before uh, the message reminds us that we're shackled by sin. We have hurts, habits, and hangups that we can't get rid of. We're powerless to know God, but yet God in his great mercy because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on our behalf has given us new life, a new heart to know God and to be known by him. See, it was God's full display of love in Jesus Christ. From the time that he began walking on this earth, he showed us the Father to giving up his life and making a way for us to know the Father as well. We don't have to do anything, friends, besides receive the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. It's so freely given to us. He loves you. He knows you. He longs for you. He wants to have a relationship with you and whatever you experience, he is with you. So this week, I want you to do one thing. Very simple. It's the only thing I want you to take. Well, I want you to take a lot of other stuff, but this is it. Take a chance. Take a chance. When you find yourself at your rope's end this week, take a chance and rest in God's love. When you find yourself in that situation that it seems is gonna be an absolutely impossible, take a chance and rest in God's love. When you find yourself walking against the way of the Lord, stop, repent, and then take a chance and rest in God's love. And when you're done seeking the approval of, of others, stop and take a chance in resting in God's love. Take a chance of resting in God's love and let's just see what happens this week as we experience him, as we know God. So whatever good or bad there is in your life, God loves you and God desires for you to know him better. So let's experience that powerful relationship that comes from knowing and being known as David has shown us in this Psalm in 139. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, that by it, you have revealed to us your character. And Lord, this psalm has revealed to us many things about your character. But Lord, the overarching theme is that you love us. Father, there's so many different reactions that we can have to that truth. But Lord, I pray that we would take a chance to rest in your love today, no matter where we are or what we face where we come from or where we think we're headed. Lord, you are good. You are great. Lord, you are mighty. And Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who opened up the way for us, that we would experience the grace and mercy, Lord, that you want to give us, that we may have an abundant and full life in you. Father, help us to open ourselves up to be known by you. Help us to desire your word and truth and prayer, Lord, as we seek you to know you better. And Lord, we pray each and every day that you would point out in us, Lord, that we would not walk in the ways of this world, but Lord, that we would walk in your way that leads to life. Father, thank you for how you change us day by day by the power of your spirit 
to follow more and more in step with your son, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the truth of your word. And we pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In just a second, we're going to sing a song of response. And I want to ask you, if you will, respond how God has moved you this morning in the truth of his word. God is love. And he wants to share his love with each and every single one of us. And so you're welcome to come up front and pray at the prayer rails. You can pray in your seat. You can pray at your couch, wherever you might be. Uh, But we want to spend this time listening to these words sung. And as we sing them to God, that we respond as he has moved each and every one of us to do so. Let's stand and sing together.